It's worth knowing what's really going on. This is the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Ocean breeze, tropical beach, pina colada. You can buy an air freshener to make your car smell like you're in an oceanside paradise. Or, better yet, you can point your car toward Daytona Beach and come experience the real thing. Visit DaytonaBeach.com to discover all there is to see, do, and enjoy along the world's most famous beach. Daytona Beach, Florida. Beach on. Donald Trump has been indicted in Atlanta. We have so many court dockets to follow, but we haven't really seen anything yet. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution has covered every moment of this historic case. I've been writing about this investigation for two and a half years. Our team is led by reporters Bill Rankin and Tamar Hallerman. Follow our coverage on AJC.com and listen to new in-depth episodes of the award-winning podcast, Breakdown, the Trump Indictment, only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. This is Access Atlanta. Every week, we share some of the best places to eat, play, and live out loud in the ATL. And, of course, we go behind the scenes and find the stories that show Atlanta is one of a kind. Welcome to Access Atlanta. I'm your host, Shane Harrison. We've changed the way we do our podcast. That means we're recording it remotely from our homes, but we've also changed what we're talking about in the podcast, since we've always prided ourselves on providing guidance on things to do in and around Atlanta, and because most venues, theaters, and attractions are closed, we're going indoors, and in some cases where it's practical, outdoors to places where it's easy to practice social distancing. Back in 2018, we launched the Access Atlanta podcast with an interview with the Zach Brown Band's John Driscoll Hopkins. The AJC's Melissa Ruggieri spoke with him about his work, which included an upcoming solo album. And now, 160-something episodes later, we're revisiting Hopkins as that album is finally available to the public. Here to introduce that conversation is our most frequent contributor and one of my favorite people to talk to, Melissa Ruggieri. Welcome. <laughs> Hi, Shane. I know sometimes when you say that with my most frequent contributor, I'm like, oh, is that a good thing or a bad thing? <laughs> oh, it's a great thing because like I said, you're one of my favorite people to talk to. So Because we love to talk about music so much. We do. It's true. So, yeah. <laughs> but uh, this is really interesting because, you know, we thought when, when we did the first podcast, so many moons ago, mm-hmm. early March of 2018, uh, that the solo album that he was working on at the time was imminent. It was. And it's funny because when I went to talk to John that year, it was also about the Zach Brown band had been nominated for some Grammys. So it was sort of a dual purpose because they said, oh, well, he's got this solo album that he's working on. So, you know, you could talk about both things. And I don't think we were necessarily targeting him as the guy to kick off our podcast series, but then it wound up being such a good interview that, you know, we kind of went, well, sure, why not? (laughs) And he's really such a great guy. You know, you see him on stage and, you know, he's usually got the mutton chops and the long beard and the really big, you know, tall hats that he usually wears. But then when you see him in person, you know, he's like a big bear of a guy. He's not even that big, honestly. I mean, he's only like six foot, six something, (laughs) whatever. And, and he just has the kindest eyes, which, really stood out to me even more this time because he kept a bandana on, you know, while we talked for COVID purposes. Um, he, right. only took it, he only took it off, you know, when, when he sang actually for us. And he's so, he's so immersed in music all the time. And this album has meant so much to him, but what turned out to be sort of ironic was 
when he wrote a lot of these songs three years ago, they were written from the perspective of a guy who's on the road all the time and a guy who misses his family. He's got three young girls, three young daughters and a wife. And he's, you know, a, a dedicated family man. And the one of the first songs he wrote was a song called Missing You All All the Time. And it's just a beautiful you know, mid-tempo song about exactly that. And Lonesome High is the name of the album, which is also about, you know, being lonely, missing your family. And it turns out he winds up finishing the album during the year that he couldn't get away from his family. Right, yeah. <laughs> and he j- kind of joked that, you know, the sequel needs to be, you know, a bunch of songs about please get me out of here. Kind yeah. of <laughs> yeah, actually, sometimes I feel like I get more done when I'm on the road because there's nothing to do. And there's nine to five where you have absolute control over your over your day, and um, and that's not the, the case at home. Um, I'm I'm afforded uh, a lot of time up here with my family, and um, and that's that that's not the case when there's a pandemic and everyone's not at school. I think we can all relate to that. <laughs> yes, yes. Except except you and I don't have three young kids at home, which I'm sure right. adds a whole different level. Of, yeah. we, just, we just have pets. Yeah, <laughs> which, yeah. Which is fine with me. We put a single out and we're thinking, oh, spring. And then spring of 2020 was not what we thought. And um, and then everything stopped. And so it, it depends, you know, that's that's when we started to, to wonder you know, at first I thought I'm going to finish my record, you know, next week. It's going to be so easy. I'm just going to get up there every day. And and we're worried about going to the grocery store and we're worried about food. And I, and I couldn't get the inspiration to come up and, and work. And my kids needed me and, and the school shut down and summertime was approaching and spring break came and went. And we didn't, you know, nothing happened and just a pandemonium in the world. And a very slow pace here, you know. I think even now we're trying to to figure out what the world feels like from here on out, and um, and uh, we we may or may not be back on the road by the fall. Ocean breeze, tropical beach, an air freshener can make your car smell like paradise. A drive to Daytona Beach will actually get you there. Beach on. Plan your trip today at DaytonaBeach.com. Yeah, it was just kind of funny to talk to him about how the the topics, you know, the, took on a different meaning now that the album is actually out. And it did come out in February. You know, 2018 kind of came and went. Then 2019 wound up being a really busy year for the Zac Brown Band. And then 2020, you know, everything was 2020. So he decided yeah. just to hang on to it until earlier this year. And, you know, of course, for people who don't know, John is in the Zach Brown band. He was originally their bassist, but for the past, gosh, it's probably been about six or seven years now. You know, he's what I refer to as the Swiss army knife of the band because he plays a little bit of everything. You know, he plays banjo, he plays guitar. He does, he has these amazing background vocals. He's, he's got a beautiful voice. And if you've ever heard some of their great covers, especially Metallica's Enter Sandman, he could also do that really, you know, deep baritone thing yeah. <laughs> as well. Yeah. And but yet, you know, he's got a, a beautiful, you know, regular singing voice. And one of my favorite songs on the album, which is actually, he said, his favorite song on the album is the is the first song on the album. And it's called Good Morning Believers. And he wrote it a couple of years ago with Emily Saliers of the Indigo Girls. And it was the first time that they had gotten to work together and He's been, you know, he said that the Indigo Girls, one of his all time favorite bands, a, a huge influence, influence harmonically 
because one thing about the Zach Brown band, they've got these fantastic harmonies all the time. And John is really key to that. And he really wanted to bring Emily in both from a songwriting purpose and also for you know vocal purposes. And it's it's a great song. I, I, I tell him that it sounds like it should be in like a coffee commercial or something. Because uh. it's, it's got like this big booming chorus and everything. And um you know, I got to talk to Emily when I wrote the story when the album came out last month. And, you know, she just sort of fell in love with John, said, you know, they're kindred spirits in a lot of ways. She she loved just the positivity of the song. And when he approached her about doing it, she was totally on board They're They're still trying to figure out how to release a video for it because Emily both are being very cautious still yeah. about COVID. John has older parents who live in Gainesville, which is where he's from. Every time I've talked to Emily the past year, she and her wife and, and their kids have been, you know, just also very, very cautious about doing too much, being too open, that kind of thing. So they're trying to figure out how to do a video that incorporates both of them safely. And right. I haven't heard anything yet that that's been done, but I'm sure once it is, <laughs> we'll know about it. Right. And let's hope with, you know, with with the vaccine and, and yes. you know, looking looking a little brighter that maybe yes. that'll come to pass. Exactly. Exactly. I think I think it will. And, you know, John is very realistic about what this album means. You know, he knows that he's not going to sell five million copies of it. And that's not the reason why he's wanted to do it. I mean, it's been a passion project of his for a few years. And that's also to say, you know, I don't want to forget to, to mention to people, too, that he's this is this is his first solo album as a regular solo album, but he's done several Christmas albums and he works with the Atlanta Pops. He's actually working on another Christmas album for this year that he was saying, like, I need to get working on it because, you know, you got to remember Christmas albums are typically recorded like in June. Um, But he's working with Yacht Rock Review and they're going to do a Christmas album of songs in sort of Yacht Rock style. But John will be probably the lead singer and, you know, share, share the vocals with those guys. So, you know, this is certainly not John's first foray outside of the Zach Brown band, but you know, he, he knows that this is something that diehard fans might be interested in, you know, hopefully, you know, a, a channel on Sirius or, or something a little more on the fringe. He knows that mainstream country radio isn't necessarily going to pick it up, but he doesn't, he doesn't care about any of that. And also it's a country album, but it's not a country album. You know, John's one of those guys who has myriad influences and interests in music. And sure, there's some banjo on songs and sure, there's some pedal steel guitar and, you know, all those kinds of things. But it's as much a bluegrass album as it is a pop album, as it is a country album. And that's what I, you know, I I think it's just a fantastic record. And I, you know, listened to it several times before we talked and I've listened to it since, which I don't always do unless I really like something. So, so, you know, it's, it's absolutely, you know, worth listening to some really quality songs on there, some really, you know, introspective stuff. When we went to interview him in, I guess it was late January, early February, um, you know, he had, we were in his studio and he has a wall, you know, just with some guitars on the wall. And, you know, we just kind of asked him if he would maybe sing a song or something or, or, or even just pose with the guitar just for our photographer's purposes. And, you know, he immediately just stood up, took a guitar off the wall, tuned up. And there's a song on the record called, I hate to see good whiskey go to waste. And it's exactly what the title might (laughs) imply. She said that she didn't love me anymore. 
I'm still drinking double, but they're not working like before. There's a hundred top shelf bottles here to satisfy my taste. Losing her taught me how much I hate to see good whiskey go to crowd there in the corner and the way they let it pour it's clear they don't have a clue just what the good stuff's for watch them raise their glasses dance and laugh and then I hear the bottle break reminding me just how much I hate See good whiskey go to waste. I hate to see good whiskey go to waste. I love the way it numbs an old heartache. I give up one more memory with every sip I take. Man, I hate. Now the chairs are on the tables and I hear someone yell last call. I stumble to the doorway and I pray that I don't fall. They're turning out the lights, but I swear I still see her face. I haven't spilled a single drop, but man, I hate to see good whiskey go to waste. Hate to see good whiskey go to waste. Love the way it numbs and One more memory with every step I take. Man, I hate to see good whiskey go to waste. Yeah, I give up one more memory with every step I take. Lord, I hate. Whiskey go to I'm gonna need a shot. If you go to his website, you could find the record there. And um, he did say also for the Zach Brown Band fans, you know, they canceled their 2020 stadium tour and they you know, we're thinking that they were going to be able to go back out this fall. But again, this was six weeks ago, probably that we talked Yeah. at the time. He said, I, we may or may not be back on the road by fall. He, he really 
personally didn't see how it could happen to have a stadium full of people because, you know, that, that's what the Zach Brown band plays. They play stadiums or they play multiple nights in amphitheaters. And, you know, no one, I think, is really sure. Sure, we'll, we'll have some we'll have some shows this summer and this fall. We will, especially outdoor shows. But can you yet put 60,000, 50,000 people in the stadium? Yeah, I'm not sure we're quite there yet. So we, we're not going to bring nearly as many video screens as we used to bring because we can't afford them. You know, we, we used to have 20,000 people at Lakewood and now we have eight and we can't, we can't, we can't afford to get $2 million worth of tech to, to bring to the, to the show. So you might see some, some standard lighting things and some projectors and things that, that, uh, maybe not projectors, but but the LED wall would be a lot smaller, you know, or, or maybe they are projectors. Maybe they're backlit projectors that, that cut the cost. Um, I don't know what that looks like. Uh, Live Nation doesn't quite know what that looks like. And, and if they can't do it, we can't do it. So that's the tricky part is um, my band is able to go play a barbecue joint with a big parking lot for, you know, 20 bucks a head and, and fill it up with 400 people just fine outside socially distant stay in your parking space blah 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 zach brown band can't do anything close to that so um you know even the festivals what are they going to do with the festivals you can't keep everybody masked at Summerfest. there's just no way people aren't going to do it if they do they're 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 going to be in a lot fewer numbers i think maybe not we're still waiting to find out as far as ZBB is concerned, but he did say that Zach Brown band is going to be working on a new record because they figure, well, if we can't be on the road, might as well. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Might as well, might as well go into the studio and do something there. But, um, and I also wanted to mention one other guy I talked to who's on the record. He he's, he's John's drummer, Mike Rizzi. Mike is just a great guy who's played with a bunch of people over the years. And, yeah. you know, he's known John for years. He calls him hop as most of his friends do and said, he's, you know, one of his best friends in the world. And, you know, he pointed out that, the, song, the songs on the record really show what is most important to John, which is his family and, and being you know, a dedicated family man. And he thinks that's really important for people to realize just, you know, where where John's loyalties lie and just the type of person he is. And that really that really comes through in the music. It comes through when you talk to him, um, you know, just just an all around good dude. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's that's great. I love the fact that, you know, we're, we're sort of coming full circle with this after three years. We, you know, all not not much more than exactly three years because it was the same month. Uh, yeah. We, yeah. we originally started this with John Driscoll Hopkins. And uh, I, I love the, the symmetry of that. <laughs> yes. Um, the, the timing did seem impeccable, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, it really did. And, and I also love the fact that we can, you know, Take, sort of take people behind the scenes because you know you mentioned that that he he performed a little song for you and and you know that's something that that maybe you know it's a little glimpse at, at the the nice things that that sometimes happen to us because of the job we do you know <laughs> it's so true it's so true you know uh, a few weeks ago one of our photographers videographers and I went to Travis Tritt's house to, to do the same thing, to interview him there. I was supposed to go to Nashville to interview him. And it turned out to be the week of that snowstorm that came through Texas and Nashville and Tennessee yeah. and all that. So that got canceled. And then when they rescheduled it for Nashville, I was going to be out of town. So he, Travis was actually very kind to say, you can come out to my house in Powder Springs. You know, that's cool. You know, I have a studio out there or whatever. And it was sort of the same thing, you know, 
first of all, that wound up being uh, much better than if I had interviewed him in Nashville because there would have been other people interviewing him as well. So I probably would have had 20 minutes with him or something. We wound up having almost two hours yeah. <laughs> there with him. And and uh, Tyson, our videographer, said to him at some point, like there was no expectation that he was going to you know do anything for us. But he has this you know huge rack of guitars on the wall. And Tyson actually said to him, you know, hey, man, would, would you mind just taking down a guitar to put on your lap and maybe strum it a little bit? So, you know, I'd love to get some some still photos of you with a guitar. And, and he said, yeah, that's fine. So he took the guitar down and, you know, was just kind of sitting there strumming it. And that just led him into, you know, singing his new single. <laughs> Tyson yeah. and I are looking at each other like, OK. <laughs> you know, and that's, that's, that's awesome. I hope, and I hope that that's that's a little taste of something we may be getting in the future. So, uh, you know, yes. we're, we're, we're hopeful <laughs> that uh, we'll have we will have a podcast that, that will include some of that very soon. So uh, you Travis Tripp fans definitely check back. Uh, we'll be uh, scheduling that sometime soon. So. Yes. He has an album coming out in May and we, you know, we talked about a lot of things. He's, you know, he, he's a very forthright kind of guy and yes, we will explore, explore that more deeply, but, but for now you've got John Driscoll Hopkins and Lonesome High and some really great songs to listen to. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Melissa, for bringing us this. Anytime. There's nothing normal about our new normal, but AJC.com is the same trusted source you've always had, and we have just as much great content, if not more. That's why each week I'll highlight my personal picks for the best things to do, see, and experience, and the stories are easy to find on AJC.com. Atlanta native David Cross's acting career has spanned a wide range of roles over the past three decades, much of it on the comedic end, including Arrested Development, Modern Family, and IFC's The Increasingly Poor Decisions of Todd Margaret. But he can do drama just as well, as evidenced by his role as Jerry Wexler, Aretha Franklin's producer, manager, and trusted confidant in the Nat Geo series Genius, focused this season on The Queen of Soul. Rodney Ho spoke with Cross about the role, and you can read that interview on the radio and TV talk blog at AJC.com. When millennials who purchased a house were asked what influenced their decision, the third most popular reason was needing space for their dog, above children and marriage, according to GenBiz, a website that educates millennials on finances. Today, people, but particularly millennials, want to hang and have fun with their pets. Pets go to work, sporting events, restaurants, and shopping, as well as the more traditional activities such as hiking in the park and playing fetch in the backyard. Metro Atlanta has a wealth of activities that provide lots of fun for both parent and pooch. Freelance writer Mary Welsh offers a few suggestions in a story that you'll find in this week's Do Guide and online at AJC.com under the Things to Do tab. The pandemic stole a year from our lives and a half million lives from the world. Our seniors had to die alone. Their families barely had time to say goodbye. These were among the unspeakable costs imposed by the coronavirus pandemic. But Laura Ingalls Wilder said there is no great loss without some small gain, and yes, there were silver linings. The AJC's Bo Emerson asked some of our readers to offer one good thing that came from last year's disaster. Their answers were encouraging. Look for their stories in an upcoming print edition of the AJC and online at AJC.com. The restaurant business has had more than its share of troubles in the past year. But the news isn't all bad. Count on the AJC's dining team to keep you up to date on new restaurants and breweries opening in and around Atlanta. 
two new food and beverage concepts will join Mid-Century Supper Club The Betty at Kempton Sylvan Hotel in Buckhead later this month. Willow Bar and Rooftop Lounge St. Julep are both set to debut March 24th inside the newly opened hotel at 374 East Paces Ferry Road. Keep up with all the latest dining news on the Atlanta Restaurant Scene blog at AJC.com. To get the AJC delivered or to subscribe to the e-paper, go to AJC.com slash subscribe. For more things to do in and around Atlanta, go to AJC.com. Our senior editor is Nicole Smith. Podcast edited by Bria Felicien. Music by Bo Emerson and Billy Guen. And I'm your host, Shane Harrison. Join us next week for more Access Atlanta. Ocean breeze, tropical beach, pina colada. You can buy an air freshener to make your car smell like you're in an oceanside paradise. Or, better yet, you can point your car toward Daytona Beach and come experience the real thing. Visit DaytonaBeach.com to discover all there is to see, do, and enjoy along the world's most famous beach. Daytona Beach, Florida. Beach on.